an important food, a healthy food, and a basic food that can be served in more than a hundred different ways. Hello and welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss Show. My name is Aaron and I am your host for today's episode. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, let me introduce myself. Firstly, I am from Australia, if you hadn't already guessed from the accent, and I run a ketogenic food blog called Fat for Weight Loss, found at fatforweightloss.com.au. And the aim of this podcast is to dig into the world of nutrition, fitness, and everything in between. I'm a nutritional therapist and an advanced sports exercise nutritional advisor. However, I'm not a doctor, so I cannot give you any medical advice. This also applies to any guests involved in this show. Please make sure you consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet or medication. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Fat for Weight Loss for delicious keto recipes, meal plan videos, and drool-worthy food photography. So let's get right into it. In my ninth episode, it's my pleasure to interview Jane Downs. Jane has worked as a personal trainer and a nutrition coach since 2013. She discovered the ketogenic diet while looking for relief from anxiety and depression through a non-medical approach. She not only found the relief she was looking for, but also saw amazing results in her composition, sustained energy, better sleep quality, improved digestion, healthier skin, and many other benefits. Jane now specializes in helping clients create a low-carb or ketogenic lifestyle to achieve similar results. Wanting to share her results and help even more people, she co-founded Fit Keto Girls with last week's guest, Liz Williams which offers online nutrition and training programs and six-week fitness and nutrition challenges. In this interview, we talk about Jane's motivation to sustain the ketogenic diet and the powerful impact it's had on her anxiety and depression, which is so great to learn from. We also touch on the fact that she's become significantly stronger over the past year living in Costa Rica by using CrossFit and how sun exposure, meditation and other techniques have enabled her to reach personal goals like never before. If you haven't seen Jane's workouts over on her Instagram stories, then you might not know that she can put the hammer down when necessary. And we talk about how fitness has changed for her since she started back in 2013. Jane also has a ketogenic cookbook being released later this year, which is super exciting. So make sure you stick around to the end to find out her secret recipe weapon for the week. It may or may not include chocolate, and it's definitely something you're going to have to try. So please welcome Jane. Jane, how are you doing today? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's it's such an honor. You know, I um I've I think it was when I first started my website. Um, I found your Instagram profile and I saw one of your old like transition photos and I couldn't believe it. I was like the same person on either side, but one is just like, you know, it looks like you've been to the gym, you know, and, and so that transformation was just incredible and I couldn't believe it. So it's crazy that I'm finally interviewing you, uh, you know, however many years later. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's a real honor. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So um, I I love starting these podcasts with, you know, a funny personal story um, and, you know, something that we might consider a little bit of an icebreaker. But, you know, we don't necessarily need an icebreaker. It's just, you know, a story that um, some people may not know about you and something that, 
you know, might be a little bit of a personal story. So could you tell us how and in what circumstance you shaved your head in order to um, get something that you were really, really wanting? Yes, absolutely. So I went to a rock climbing camp when I was a kid in Utah and the instructor was bald and it was the last second to last day before the camp ended and he offered all of the campers a dare and he was definitely talking to all of the boys that if they left and shaved their heads and came back the next day, they would get a year membership, a chalk bag. I remember it was like 30 snicker bars Um, A Tamagotchi, which at that time was like um, quite the, quite the prize. Um, (laughs) So me and my good friend went home and we went to Grey Clips and we told them to shave our heads and we came back and we were the only people in the camp that do it. And so I was bald. (laughs) Well, for for someone who maybe hasn't seen your Instagram profile, but you have, um, a, you know, amazing hair. So that must have been such a thing to shave it off at the time. Was it Was it something that you sort of had to live with for a little while and have you done it since? I have not done it since. I have probably not done anything but a trim since that incident. <laughs> but I don't regret it at all. It was great and um, it was just, it's a good story. It was a fun to surprise the group and uh, I've sort of lived my life that way a little bit where uh, dare greatly and don't be afraid to make big change in your life. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's something that I totally believe in as well. And, uh, you know, it probably applies very well to business and all of those, you know, um, life decisions that you inevitably have to make at some stage. And so I always live by the motto of ready, fire, aim, <laughs> and, uh, you just go with it and see where it takes you. And it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty exhilarating ride. Most definitely. Um, Okay. So for those who don't follow you on uh, Instagram or social media or what you do with Keto Fit Girls, can you tell us a little bit about you and, you know, uh, how you started the ketogenic diet and what were the improvements for you? Yeah. So I've been a trainer, a personal trainer and nutrition coach since 2013. And I worked in person for several years. Um, and eventually sort of burnt out on the uh, split shift, 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. one-on-one coaching and slowly transitioned my business online. Um, I got into keto actually for my own personal health. I've struggled with depression and anxiety for a really long time. I was diagnosed when I was 13. I've been on a laundry list of medications and never really seen much uh, relief. And I found keto through my psychiatrist at the time and was able to find some relief through nutrition and low-carb lifestyle. Um, I dived headfirst into learning everything I could and then started implementing that diet with my clients and seeing a lot of similar um, results, not so much with anxiety and depression, but body recomposition, energy, mood, um, skin, um, and then slowly started working online, and my business partner, Liz Williams, and I created Fit Keto Girls, which is um, where we have online programming, nutrition programs, uh, gym and home workout programs. Um, we do fitness challenges, nutrition challenges, and who knows quite what's next, but hopefully good things. 
That's really awesome. And thank you so much for sharing um, your story because I know that that can be really hard to share, um, especially if you're in the midst of it. But, you know, how did um, when you when you were, I guess, shown the ketogenic diet, was there anything in particular that made you think that this was really going to be something that you were going to follow pretty religiously throughout the next few years? Um. I don't, I don't really know when I went into it. Basically, I don't respond well to medication, but the medications I did have some success with was bipolar medication. And so my doctor mentioned there was some studies saying that there was some relief for bipolar patients. And I actually don't have bipolar. They diagnosed me with atypical depression. Um, but so that's what got me into it. And I didn't really know much even what it was. Um, and kind of through the learning process and application with myself found all the other benefits and that's what's made it so sustainable for me. Um, mm. I think the fact that my food tastes good and I'm satisfied and I'm not hungry and all of those effects make it feel like I could live like this forever. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, I, I think the first initial approach that people get when they go to the ketogenic diet or when they're looking to try any diet in general is that they really – um, struggle if it's not sustainable. But when you have so many health benefits and so many things that you can visibly see that are being affected by what you eat, then it almost becomes a like a, a feedback circle in itself and saying, okay, I need to eat this way because I feel so great when I do. And then um, if I don't, then I know that, you know, a week or two down the track that things m may not be as good as they are now. So, um, that that's that's really interesting to hear that you've you've been able to you know do it now for a, for a really long time and 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 build a business out of it too, which is fantastic. You know, like I, I remember hearing a coach talk about how they went from yeah just doing that personal training and then eventually just being so burnt out because not only are you training these people but you're also doing most of the work with them. Um, and it, I guess it depends on what you're doing, but that burnout. Did you find that? moving online um helped with that like because i know that some people can can get really efficient when they're really busy and i know that i've experienced this in the past but did you find that you know transitioning that to an online business you became even more efficient or was it more of a lifestyle change no i became more efficient for sure i think Although I love one-on-one -on -one coaching and I still do a little bit, little bit of it, you have to give so much of yourself and your energy to that person that you just come home at the end of the day and you have nothing left. So it's really mm. nice to have a step back, but also be able to help more people um, and be more efficient by working online. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really powerful, you know, because uh, especially working online, you can help thousands of people with a single hour. Um, so yeah, that that's really impactful. Um, so I guess the first sort of main question I'd really like to ask you, and I know that you are, um, you have been a personal trainer for a long time, but as a personal trainer, you, you also do a lot of fitness yourself. How has not only being on the ketogenic diet, but how has your approach to fitness changed over, you know, I guess since 2013? So did you start off in a particular way and then you're now doing something entirely different or is it much the same? Oh, it has completely transformed. I, I started into fitness through sort of the bodybuilding realm 
of um, isometric movements um, and uh, low fat, high carb diets, six meals a day, carrying Tupperware everywhere, (laughs) feeling super restricted by my food and um, a little bit of a binge tendency on cheat meals. Um, And now my, not only my training has moved to much more performance based than athletic based, but obviously my nutrition has completely flip flops to high fat, low carb. Um, and I am much more focused on my health versus the aesthetics. So I think when I first got into it, everything I did was based on how I looked and now it's based on all about how I feel, how I move my energy, um, what's going on inside my body, not just on the outside. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause so many people who, um, do go to the gym initially, they go with the intention of looking physically fit. Right. And, and, and I guess it's hard to sort of air away from that because deep down, a lot of people do want that, but if you're not feeling good when you're doing it, then ultimately it's like, you know, it's, it's going to be pretty tough to sustain. So what do you think about, um, your approach to fitness now has helped you, you know, just feel good and get up in the morning and want to actually go and do some crazy workout? I think a lot of it comes down to my nutrition and how much more energy I have um, and how I don't feel completely um, deprived by my diet before I feel like I wasn't enjoying my meals. I was constantly thinking about my next meal um, and my energy just was a roller coaster ride. And so now following a low carb, high fat diet, my energy is sustained my mood is sustained, so I want to work out, and I have the energy to work out, and I love the way I feel, and don't get me wrong, I do want to look great. I don't think that goes away, but um, I would much rather feel great than look great, but I feel like I kind of have a way to, we can have it all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I mean, like, everyone, everyone feels that, um, and so... Okay, so I, I, I follow you on Instagram and I see a lot of your workouts that you post and um, and you were doing a lot of workouts where you were living in Costa Rica um, mm-hmm. and also uh, I believe you're back in America now but you are in transition. Is that correct? Yes. So I, um, I've been in Costa Rica for about a year and I will be going back in July for the whole month and then I'll be coming back here in August um, and – be moving back here maybe until December with hopes of getting somewhere tropical again for the winter. Um, but one day at a time, no real set plans yet. <laughs> I like that. Um, I, I think that, you know, having, um, be, you know, being able to work online means you can live anywhere. And so if you want to live anywhere, then the greatest way to do it is just do it, you know? Exactly. Um, Go so for how, how, oh, sorry, how was living in Costa Rica, um, how did it change you? Like, what did you learn from living in Costa Rica? Oh man, so much. Um, I think just to live simply and slowly, um, and really enjoy just the littler things. Um, everything just takes longer there, including going to the bank, um, doing laundry. Um, I moved there without a word of Spanish. So learning how to communicate and just being outside my comfort zone, pretty much constantly. I learned so much about myself and about what really I value in this world, which I think I can get really caught up in social media and kind of the rat race that sometimes people live in in the U.S. So it was so nice just to take a step back 
and slow my life down and focus on myself and um, what really brings me joy and feel, feeds my soul. Mm. Oh, that's, yeah, that's so important because, you know, if you're, uh, so many people just work to be busy. Um, and so when you slow life down and you actually, it's almost like your periphery vision becomes widened so much more and you understand not only things about yourself, but you understand how you uh, are in the world, you know, w- what people around you and, and, and then you start being able to care for others too. Um, and so like being busy is is a choice. And so it sounds like moving to Costa Rica was a choice in the right direction for you. Um, and h- how was um, being fit in Costa Rica? It was, was there any gyms that were close to you or was it something that was a little bit more strict? stripped back um the most amazing gym is a block from my house um it's a crossfit box which i had not done crossfit prior to moving to costa rica and i have since become addicted to it a little bit but it's in the jungle um we have monkeys in the trees above us yelling and cows that walk through and you work out outside and it's truly an experience if you are in guanacaste costa rica go to crossfit surfside it's amazing and um I have actually loved CrossFit. It really feeds kind of my competitive nature and group dynamic and the people there are just really, really great. Okay, so I have lots of questions now about CrossFit <laughs> um, because, uh, there, yeah, there's there's so many great things that come out of CrossFit um, and there are so many things that people don't understand about CrossFit and it sort of gets like a little bit of a bad rap if you don't know much about it. But when you, if, like, I mean, What's the difference, okay, for, for people who don't know what CrossFit is, what's the difference between it and just going to a regular gym? Um, so the intensity, so it's really a lot of compound movements at high intensity. Um, so, yeah, it's not isolation movements. You're not doing bicep curls, tricep extensions, legged curls. You're doing squats, cleans, deadlifts, snatch. Um, so big compound movements. It's all functional-based and then for intensity under time and highly variable. So lots of variation. Every day is very different. Mm, yeah, because I, I remember I did a eight-week CrossFit, you know, type workout regime. And it was amazing how every every single day was different. And it, it keeps you on your toes. And it also keeps your body out of the um, repetitive injuries that sometimes some other sports can get. Um, and so... How how has been working in a group impacted your fitness? Because a lot of people, you know, come from either playing group sports or they might be involved in some sort of group activity and then they go to something like a gym, which is entirely or mostly solo. How has then, you know, going to something like CrossFit, which is you're in a you're in a, a group and you're essentially competing, um, how has that changed your approach to fitness? Um, I never work harder than I do in a CrossFit workout. (laughs) I definitely, my output is increased. And then there's that social aspect. I think especially moving to a new country, I do work online, so I'm already isolated. To be able to go to a gym and interact with people and have friends makes working out so much more fun. So if I ever don't want to go, there's people there holding me accountable, um, people there pushing me, and people I like to be around. Uh-huh. That's, yeah, it's so important, you know, and I think that's something that a lot of people lose when they start training by themselves. Um, I always remember this saying that if you want to go quickly, go by yourself, but if you want to go far, 
then go with others. Yeah. Um, and that was something that really resonated with me, especially when you begin to work out with others. Like, as you said, you, your output just exponentially increases um, because most of most of exercise and most of fitness is mentally limited. Um, and your body sort of, you know, stops before you're actually able to get to the point where change happens. Um, how is how is that, you know, have you seen any big impacts in CrossFit and is there any particular things that uh, you think that CrossFit is exceptionally good at? Um, I have gotten stronger significantly and I think that's a lot to do with being in a situation where I just push myself harder um, as well as I really enjoy the gymnastics movements and so learning new skills. I come from a dance background and so being able to have really skills that I'm trying to perfect that's not so much how much weight I can lift but my technique has been really fun and that's something I wasn't doing much of prior to doing CrossFit was the Olympic lifts and the gymnastics movements because there's so much built-in technique. Um, So I think that's a really strong point about CrossFit and then it's all performance-based. So your metrics are all performance and so you get to see how you're improving and it's all tracked which I think are really great for people to focus on that versus um, body recomposition. And I mean, while those are good goals, you want to be focusing on both. Yeah, I, I would totally agree, you know, um, and there's, I, I think aesthetics come after the the ability for your body to change. And if you're able to lift so much more than you were previously, um, then inevitably those changes are going to happen. And so, yeah, that's, that's so awesome. Um, and, and I, and I think I remember seeing that you were going to now correct me if I'm wrong, um, but you were going to compete in the CrossFit opens. Is that right? I did. I, I briefly just started CrossFit a few months prior. So I did do my first CrossFit open and it was a very humbling experience (laughs) for someone who I felt like I was quite fit. Then you get to compare yourself to everyone in the world and, you realize you've got a lot of work to do and growth to have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look! I mean, yeah, it's 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 really exhilarating when you um, when you you know understand those things too, because once you understand the weaknesses, then you can work to fix them. But if you don't know where they are, then it's like you, you feel like you keep doing the same thing over and over. Was that did, have have you since come back and then gone? Okay, I'm going to build on these particular strengths for next time. Oh, yes. My double unders are so much better now because there was one workout and they just killed me. So it's really great to have that variation because it forces you to always be doing new things and your weaknesses get to become your strength because that's how the programming is built. Mm, yeah. It's, so working out in a CrossFit style of way, do you think that becoming strong all over um, helps you, I guess, get better at I don't know like if if, just say if you were playing with kids or if you went and like oh someone was like I can't do any chin-ups but I'm like I I have these huge arm muscles is it I always found that I I I used to climb a long time ago and people would come into the gym and there were these really big muscly guys and girls and they would come in and go halfway up the wall and they couldn't lift their own weight is that something that you found that CrossFit doesn't really favor um, people with uh, particular aesthetics is that I, I don't really quite know how to describe it, but <laughs> there's something about just being strong that um, is really, really, really important to just 
being a normal everyday human being. Yes, absolutely. And they, they CrossFit kind of markets themselves as they're not going to be the best at anything, but they're going to be good at everything. So while they're not going to be the strongest power, power lifter, they're not going to be the fastest marathon runner. If you were to put kind of the CrossFit games is just the variation of all of those activities um, and they're going to be good at everything. So you just become a very well, um, well-rounded athlete. Mm, yeah. I, I remember watching, there was a documentary on Netflix. I think it was the world's strongest man or the yeah. strongest man. I, I can't remember what it was. Have, have you watched that documentary? Yeah. They're very inspiring and humbling. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember that, um, you know, the, the thing that I took away from that was that, you know, he went and competed and he was bad at one particular area. And by the next year, he'd fixed that and then just became this exponentially greater athlete. Um, is that is that something that you've also experienced by doing CrossFit? Yes. And I mean, I'm still, I'm only a year in, so I've got a lot of um, growth I hope to have and I hope to continue. But definitely you have to get better at your weaknesses because they're going to hold you back so much. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, we could talk for days about CrossFit. <laughs> but, um, so I wanted to ask you as well, you know, not only is fitness and the ketogenic diet helped you um, to, you know, just progress, but how has nutrition in particular impacted your lifestyle and your goals? So, and and by that I mean like, you know, everyone's particular lifestyle is very different uh, and, and your goals are obviously very different to anyone else. How has nutrition in particular or the ketogenic diet impacted um, what, you're, what you're trying to achieve? Yeah, so I think my number one goal is just um, mental, my mental health and being okay there. And so that's what keeps me going low-carb and ketogenic. I think if I didn't have that aspect, I wouldn't necessarily – Um, follow keto so strictly. Um, While I have added some carbohydrates actually back into my diet a little bit as I've done CrossFit, um, I I stay very close to a keto diet because of my goal of just maintaining my mental health and all of the benefits that being in a low-carb ketogenic lifestyle gives you. Um, I can truly say that nutrition and fitness are a huge reason why I'm still on this earth and why Uh, mental health hasn't taken me so it is kind of my purpose and um has continued to change me for the better so it is i think my passion my purpose and my lifestyle all in one (laughs) yeah that's that is so powerful um and for anyone listening you know maybe they they may be struggling with something similar um you know, what, what would you say to, to someone or what would you say to yourself five years ago if you knew that this was going to be the outcome? Um, I think, I mean, it obviously there's so many components of how I learned to deal with my mental health. It's not just nutrition and exercise, um, meditation and just mindset have are also really huge components, but just not to stop fighting. So just knowing that you have what it takes to keep going and you can fight for it and figuring out what works best for you and um, just not giving up. Mm, yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's, I guess it's, it is such a personal journey. Um, so running um, keto fit girls. Now, as you said, you work a lot online 
and um, and I know the feeling that working online can sort of be a little bit isolating in the in the best of best way possible. But um, how did you start working with Liz, and um, how did you maybe? What was the idea behind the Keto Fit Girls, and was it was it something that you were uh, totally passionate about to start with, and and then you know it's it's changed from there, or is it like what was the idea behind Keto Fit Girls, and why girls in particular? Yeah, so Fit Keto Girls. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so I met Liz through her husband. Actually, we were trainers together years ago, and I coached her into keto, and we just kind of both saw the impact, how differently it impacted us. So Liz's story, she was on your podcast, so everyone will hear it, but um, she had a hard time losing weight. So that's kind of more where keto has helped her. Um, But I think we just wanted to spread the message of how it's helped us and how we saw it helped clients on a larger scale. And so we just started slowly um, building programs and getting requests and kind of working online. And it's just snowballed from there. Um, didn't really have this huge idea at first. It's just sort of continued to grow, um, as, as it's the demand was there. Yeah. It's, uh, I think I remember, um, uh, seeing the first seven day challenge that you put together and I don't know whether it was a challenge or a seven day meal plan um but when I saw that I was like oh they are doing good things <laughs> yeah that was that was our first guide it was seven days we actually don't even have it online anymore we've um, made larger 28 day guides and six week plans um but yeah it was just we decided like we keep getting requests so we made this little seven day guide and and then here we are now Leading by example, <laughs> it's, uh, that's, that's amazing. Okay, so so for anyone that doesn't know Fit Keto Girls, and I'm saying that correctly now, is that right? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, so for, for anyone who's, you know, maybe interested in starting the ketogenic diet or starting with Fit Keto Girls, can you sort of explain what the concept is and, and how um, someone might go from you know, week one all the way through to the end? Yeah, so we have a few different things online. We have just ebooks, so they're just meal plans or workout guides that are at your own pace. You get to kind of tackle that on your own, or we do um, six-week challenges where we have more of an interactive Facebook group, live Q&As, and we get to help you individualize that program for your body and your lifestyle and your goals. Um, so those mm. are kind of different areas that people can um join kind of the fit keto girls community right okay and so um six weeks was there was there something behind the six weeks or is it you know just a a period of time where it's it's not a month and it's not two months it's a a good amount of time to be able to stick to something quite um diligently um yeah so we actually started with four weeks we did a four-week challenge was our first one um, and in that challenge, we have people give up dairy, sweeteners, and alcohol. Um, and so the reason we extended it to six weeks is because we kind of wanted to help people learn how to reintroduce those foods to their diet and then mm-hmm. talk about based on how they reintroduce them and what reactions they might have, signs of inflammation to look for, um, how their body's reacting, then how to customize the diet for themselves. Because we, as I've learned, it's just so not a one-size-fits-all approach. And we really have to learn how to tweak it for our own needs. Yeah, and and um, I, 
I remember you were saying just before how you've added some carbs back into your diet with performance gains in mind relating to CrossFit. Is that something that you see um, across spectrums? Because I know I remember listening to another podcast and I can't remember exactly which one it was, but they were talking about how your macronutrients are a ratio and they're not, you know, there's always this stigma that it has to be under 20 grams of carbs per day. But, you know, if you're working out and you're doing some pretty rigorous activity, you could be burning 3,000, 3,500 calories in a day and 20 grams of carbs might be like 1% of your um, of your you know daily macros. Is, it, is, is your ratio a little bit of a sliding scale depending on the particular person? Yes, absolutely. So, um, and I tend to work with grams versus percentages for that very reason. Um, and so I will have people's proteins, fat, and carb goal more based on their grams um, and then what their goal is, what their lean mass is, what their activity level is. Um, so it's definitely not exactly that 75-5 um, 20 ratio that everyone talks about so frequently. Mm, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's so important. And, and maybe you could touch on a little bit on uh you know adding carbs back into your diet for the workout so um i know that people can use things like super starch which don't um you know increase your insulin levels or it doesn't have a massive insulin response do you um did you find any performance gains by just increasing those carbs just a little bit enough to be able to deplete your glycogen levels throughout the workout or is it something that you decided to do um for any other reason um so i when i started crossfit i was um following a pretty strict keto diet and because i felt like i was doing a lot better mentally i decided to start playing around with adding carbs back into my diet while staying fat adapted and just playing a little bit with my metabolic flexibility of using carbs and fat for fuel um when i did this i was in costa rica where i cannot ship things to myself so super starch was not an option (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i use sweet potatoes mostly um and that's kind of sweet potatoes and some fruit um mostly because how can you not eat pineapples and mangoes when they're falling off your trees uh so yes i started to increase my carbs and i would say that i range between about 50 to 150 grams of carbs depending on the workout and would test blood and still be in and out of ketosis throughout the week um Mm. and that i just recovered better um my performance was better i continued to get stronger and um i didn't notice any sort of major uh, mental issues or energy depletion or things like that oh that's that's really awesome to hear you know because um i I have been training for a marathon and um, I was under this huge stigma that, you know, if you're not using carbs, like if you're not this high carb athlete, then you're a ketogenic athlete and you're not allowed to mix the two. And it was this like roadblock that I just had to get over because there's, um, for what I've found personally, uh, is that, you know, you have a certain amount of metabolic flexibility and as he said, you know, you can, you, you're back. If you've been on the ketogenic diet very strictly for a long time, you can actually get back into it very quickly. Is that something that you found? Yeah, very quickly. Like I would test my blood and be like expecting to see low and I'd see 0.6. Um, so I noticed that I can bounce in and out really easily now. 
Yeah, it's um, it's it's something that is important for for I think athletes in particular because if they are trying to go low carb and they go too low carb, um, then I think f- from what I remember Ben Greenfield talking about is that he um, suffered a, a little bit of adrenal fatigue uh, just because he he wasn't recovering completely, and that was because he was following a, an extremely strict ketogenic diet. So. Um, it's so awesome that you've actually incorporated that back in and you're listening to your body because that's like the the biggest thing right there because everyone is different, right? Absolutely. Just teaching people to listen inward and not necessarily take whatever coach they're listening to online and that's kind of what our goal is with Fit Keto Girls is to help people adapt this lifestyle to them, whether it's keto, low-carb, whatever is going to work best for that person. Yeah, totally. Um, and so, okay, so back to the Fit Keto Girls. Um, what are the three most common mistakes you see your clients doing that is limiting their progress? And it might be, you know, it could be anything, but it's generally something that you that you see a common recurrence of. It might be because they're still eating lots of dairy on the ketogenic diet or is there anything that comes to mind? Dairy is definitely one of them, but I would say not eating enough is probably one of the biggest ones. And I find one of the most frustrating ones I have with clients because people are so stuck in the diet mentality and calories in versus calories out. And while I do believe calories matter, so many women are under eating and then wondering why they're not seeing results, why they're not losing weight, why they're not gaining muscle. And so slowly teaching them to um, fuel their bodies appropriately is something that I constantly deal with. Mm. Uh, I and I think that that applies to everyone really because I I remember I went through um, stages of I was a musician for a long time and couldn't really afford to eat proper food and so you end up just drinking coffee <laughs> and uh, and at the end of the day you know you're so um, wiped out because you've had no food almost all day and the food that you have had is not enough to sustain your body and then your body goes into this stressful situation where you can't actually deal with the things that you're doing and and then your body's just holding on to everything it's got is that is that like is stress and and sleep and all those different aspects really important on the fit keto girls as well absolutely yeah so like too much stress and not enough sleep are often the other ones i was going to talk about is people think it's just exercise and food and they forget about all the other lifestyle factors that are just so important for general health Um, which will then lead to fat loss if that's the goal. And so getting enough sleep and managing their stress are other two mistakes that I was actually going to bring up. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I'm sorry if I cut you off. (laughs) Um, Do you have any like really handy tips for anyone that is trying to either improve their sleep or manage their stress? Um, I think meditation is huge. So just if they have those, I try to tell people that Calm app, really helpful way just to make it a daily practice it takes so little time um, and then just turning it into a habit can have a lot of really great impacts on your life um, and then just trying to go to bed the same time I know people with families and jobs and maybe they work nights, so this isn't always possible but if possible trying to get on a schedule you're going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time um, generally throughout the week mm. and um and has has sun exposure had any um, benefit to you? I know that uh, living in Costa Rica, you probably get a lot of really good quality sun. Um, do you do you find that uh, you know 
sun exposure and also maybe like the blue light late at nights has it had any effect on you and maybe some of your clients as well yeah absolutely i sun is why i moved to costa rica and why i plan to leave again in december because it has such a huge impact on my mental health and my sleep um, and my mood so sun is huge getting enough vitamin d and then yeah blue light and um you can get the blocking glasses i don't have them i tend to just use that app or that setting on my phone where it turns it to the night setting i don't know if that's good enough but um and just avoiding screens in the evening time yeah i think um all of those are really helpful yeah i mean if, if anyone is interested you can uh your your phone if you if you've got if you've got an iphone it, you can set it to like a a night night mode and it essentially eliminates all of the blue light from the screen and if you've got an android i think you might be able to download an app called flux that does something very similar i don't know whether they're built into it now Uh, i don't have an android phone unfortunately (laughs) but i know that they're always a few years ahead and it also on your laptop as well you can download flux and it removes all of the blue light from your screen now it's terrible if you're trying to edit photos because all of your photos come out really really blue because there's no blue left in the screen (laughs) um but yeah if you're if you are using a mac or or a pc um flux is definitely a great option for that as well um so there's there's a few quick questions that i really love to end the podcast on now it's usually um you know, food related. But in this instance, I would really like to know not only the food, but also the exercises that, um, you know, that these are just like rapid fire questions, nothing too crazy, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, but first of all, what is your favorite keto food or what is your favorite low carb food? Um, avocados and salmon are probably my favorite. And salmon. Yes. I love. Oh, Smoked salmon. I love all salmon. <laughs> I uh, I've I've recently been having eggs and smoked salmon for breakfast, and it is just so good. So good. What What's your favorite way to cook salmon? Um, I have a good pressure recipe that I like, as well as um, I like to do kind of like a uh, garlic aioli and lemon slices, and then I broil it or grill it. That. That just sounds so good. We'll get to the crazy, awesome recipe right at the very end. But um, what's your favorite workout? Do you have a particular favorite workout? Favorite workout or favorite exercise? Ah, okay. Favorite exercise. Yeah, that's a little bit more specific. The workout's a bit too intense. (laughs) Um, I would say I love deadlifts. Mm, Okay. And, uh, And what have you learned about deadlifts that you may have been doing wrong in the past well not wrong but like you know how have you improved your deadlift oh i have been trying to work on that a lot i have something i have something called hip impingement and it comes from years of ballet so i have a really hard time doing deadlifts in the traditional form i tend to go sumo because in order for me to get the depth in my hips my knees have to bow out quite a bit so i've been working on doing fixing that and working on mobility in my hips a lot so that I can um, be more in a traditional stance. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Deadlifts are really, really hard. Um, and they may look like a simple exercise, but if you're, if you've got someone watching you and, you know, uh, telling you what you're doing wrong, it's it, they're, they're difficult. They're very difficult. All right. So uh, what is your least favorite keto food? Is there something that you just 
don't enjoy like everyone else. I have, you know, I tend to like the reason I love keto so much is because I tend to love everything that keto is. Um, I don't do much dairy because of the reaction I have. It doesn't, I don't uh, definitely causes inflammation in my body. So I try to avoid dairy. It's not because it doesn't taste good though. I love the way it tastes. It just doesn't sit well with me. Ah, <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean like, and, and it is such a common problem on the ketogenic diet because the initial, you know, way into the ketogenic diet for people is either bacon or cheese. If they can have either one of those all day, then they could be do keto forever. <laughs> but yeah, as you said, like some, for some people, whether it's being lactose intolerant or also just dairy is very inflammation prone, right? And so if you're doing things like high intensity workouts that are already causing inflammation in your body, then it's, you know, you, you pick your battles. Absolutely. Not to have it on occasion but i try to avoid it oh uh, yeah of course um so do you have a least favorite exercise a least favorite exercise um i don't like pull-ups yeah me neither pull-ups <laughs> to be honest <laughs> they're uh they're just especially um i think there's something that you get good at if you do a lot of it but having a pull-up bar around you all the time just sometimes isn't practical my skin that's why i don't like them oh okay so you get like all the blisters and calluses on your hands just from like holding onto the bar so tightly yeah yeah especially in um, the crossfit pull-ups and especially like toes to bar and things like that there's so much friction going on very much i have i ripped my first time was the CrossFit Open, and it was so painful. Oh, and and you've just got to keep holding onto the bar and keep going and, <laughs> and grit the teeth. Um, so, what book or video has recently inspired you? I reread a book that I read often. It's called "When Things Fall Apart" hmm. by Pema Chodron, and she is um, a Buddhist nun, and it's just a lot about. Um, Kind of reframing when things are hard and how to uh, move towards it instead of away from it um, when you're really struggling in life and be present in the moment and realize that life is going to go up and down and that's just the way it is. Oh, that's awesome. I'm I'm going to put that. So I don't necessarily read books, but I listen to audiobooks, um, and I really hope it's on Audible because sometimes books aren't on there and I feel like my world just, you know, <laughs> stops for a little bit until it is available. Um, but uh, I'm going to go check that out. Uh, and all of these recommendations are going to be in the show notes. So for anyone looking for the name of that book, it's going to be in the show notes. So uh, definitely go ahead and check that out. Um, but, okay, so I, I, I used to be a musician for a long time and I don't know whether it's something that you're like, super into or something you just like doing on the side, but is there any music that you have been listening to recently or is there maybe a song that is your anthem per se? Oh, an anthem. I'm not sure I have a song that's an anthem, but I've gotten very into Latin music since moving to Costa Rica, learning how to salsa and bachata and merengue. Um, so that's a new realm of music I've gotten into recently, which has been fun. I um I had a friend who recently came back from South America, <laughs> and I can't remember the, the country. Um, but he said that dancing just he was you know he came back and he said he was not a dancer at all until he went to South America, and then uh it's just it's something that you do all the time. Is that am I wrong by saying that? No, not at all. It's 
everyone can dance and it's like in their blood and it's a part of every event and fiesta and it's so wonderful because you go to these I mean in Costa Rica they have these fiestas that are basically bull rides and then dancing afterward and everyone dances whereas you go to a bar in Salt Lake City and the music's on and there might be one or two people there and everyone else is sitting against the wall so I (laughs) I grew up dancing so it was one of my favorite parts about living in Costa Rica was learning how to Latin dance and being able to dance again on a regular basis. Yeah. Is it, is it something that you found relatively simple coming from the ballet background or is it just a total mind shift? A total mind shift. It was completely different. Um, I never knew how to really follow someone. Um, So I'm going to continue to take lessons actually, since I'm going to move back to Salt Lake and hopefully I'll finally get the hang of it eventually. Oh, that's so awesome. And and so you lived in Costa Rica for a year. I'm guessing you picked up a fair amount of Spanish from doing that. Is it something that you just dove straight into or were you, um, you know, were you reading books a lot before you actually went out and tried to speak it? So I was actually deaf when I was young um, from really bad ear infections and language is really delayed for me. So it was a huge fear of mine to move there and try to learn this language And to be honest, I am in no way near fluent, but it was, I am getting there. I understand a lot. And I took lessons from a locotica there on a like biweekly basis. So I definitely went knowing nothing and I left knowing more than I went with, but not quite where I wish I would have been. I'm sure there's always that urge to want to learn more <laughs> but and it's such a good skill to have is you know just always wanting to learn so that that's so awesome that's so inspiring too um so to end the podcast and i really don't want it to come to an end because i know that we could talk for so long about all of these different things um but what i like to do is to um, get you to describe a recipe now this is uh, not necessarily your favorite food but a recipe that you've perfected and made your own and uh and you know something that's drill worthy something that people can go and make as soon as they finish listening to this podcast and just say wow i wish i knew this recipe earlier so do you have anything in mind i do i make a mean avocado chocolate mousse and i love chocolate and it's something that i did not give up on the ketogenic diet and i actually have acquired a taste for 100% cacao chocolate. But if I'm not made for that, I make this um, avocado chocolate mousse. Mm, Okay. So uh, maybe you can describe what you use or like some of the ingredients and maybe some of the tricks on how to get it right. Okay. So a couple of key ingredients are going to be beef gelatin, and that's going to make the texture So you're going to add two scoops of beef gelatin into some water and mix it and allow that to bloom. And that takes one or two minutes. While that's happening, you're going to add all the other ingredients. So I use one full avocado, one fourth cup full fat coconut milk, um, one half teaspoon vanilla extract, one half teaspoon like pink Himalayan sea salt. And then I usually do a scoop of like um, collagen protein, and I like the dark chocolate blackberry collagen from Vital Proteins. And then some, like two tablespoons cacao powder, pull it all in the blender, and then you add the gelatin, blend it till it's smooth, put it into a bowl. I like to put more sea salt on the top, maybe some raspberries or strawberries, and then I put it in the fridge to set. And then when it's done, it's just the most amazing 
texture. Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> <laughs> so if um, I, I remember you doing this recipe on Instagram stories a little while ago, actually, and I saw it and I was like, damn, that texture is spot on. It is so good. How, how long do you leave it in the fridge for? Um, so... <laughs> secret i put it in the freezer most of the time because i'm impatient <laughs> and i don't wait um but in the freezer it probably takes but and it depends a little bit on the gelatin sometimes it sets differently but between 10 to 15 minutes in the freezer and it's a good texture i like mine not to be completely set gelatin will be quite I mean, it will be very much like jello so i kind of like it right before it turns into jello in the fridge, probably 30 minutes to an hour. 30 minutes to one hour. I'm going to have to try this out because it, it – okay, so I, the one thing I don't have is collagen. Is there something that you can easily replace that with or is that a given? You have to get this collagen. Oh, no, you can eliminate the collagen. I would say the beef gelatin is really important for the texture, um, but the collagen is optional for sure. Mm, okay, so if anyone's going to go try this, don't be afraid to – leave out the collagen and wait until it arrives from Amazon or something. Um, but <laughs> that sounds delicious. So it's been such an honor to, to interview this uh, interview you on this podcast. Um, and you know, there, there have been so many um, powerful moments throughout this past 50 minutes. Um, and so, so I just want to thank you so much uh, for not only sharing your story, but um, you know, I hope that everyone out there can also get either uh, something from this or that they know someone who might be able to get something from this as well um, because it's it's really important to know that there are other people out there as well. Um, so, so where can people find you? Where can people get in contact with you? Uh, and maybe, you know, uh, how can, how can people start the keto fit girls? And then I, uh, also, bonus extra, I know that you're writing a cookbook at the moment and we can't t touch too much on it at the moment, but I'm sure that that will be being released in the next few months once this podcast comes out. Where will people be able to find all of the things? All of the things. So our website is fitketogirls.com and that will be all things Fit Keto Girls. If you want to find me personally, um, the best place would be either Instagram, and my Instagram handle is Jane H Downs D O W N E S at gmail dot com. Oh, no, that's my Instagram handle. My email. <laughs> I'm so used to telling people my email. <laughs> uh, my email is um, Downs H Jane at gmail dot com. Those are all the places you can find me, and my cookbook that will be coming out very soon will be on Amazon as well as in Barnes and Noble. Oh, cool! I can't wait to um, to see it because it's so exciting. You know, it's I'm sure you've been working extremely hard on it, um, and it is you know that there is so much work that goes on in a cookbook, and I think even more work goes into it when you try and apply creative simplicity, when you try and you know either eliminate something or you know just reduce the complexity of a diet or. Is that is that something that you, that you found that putting those creative limitations on yourself has um, made it exponentially harder, or is it something that is you know a little bit more with with your style? Oh, it was a lot more difficult than I expected. I didn't realize how repetitive I eat. I was like, oh, that will be easy. Write ninety recipes, and then I realized I eat the same five recipes all the time. So it just took a lot of experimenting in the kitchen and. 
figuring out what worked and what didn't. And, um, but I'm really happy with the final product. And now I cook a lot more variety because I've learned all these fun things to make. Uh, it's, it, you, you know, you're totally right there because you, you go and create a recipe that, you know, you, you, you sort of knew how to make, but you didn't really understand what made it taste great. And so when you can take that home and you go, oh, that's actually really easy to make. And now I can make it all the time or, you know, change it out for something else. Or, you know, when you, when you start cooking a lot of recipes, not only does your eating repertoire change dramatically, but also your cooking experience just changes with that. And so, yeah, that's, that's so exciting. I'm, uh, I'm very, very happy that you are doing this and that it's going to be out very soon. Um, so I just want to thank you so much again. Um, you know, this has been a really great podcast and, uh, I hope to speak to you soon. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. It was so great to talk to you today. No worries. Thanks, Jane. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this podcast, make sure you hit subscribe to be notified next week when the podcast arrives. If you could do one small act of kindness for today, I would greatly appreciate a review from you. It's really easy and it allows me to keep making podcasts just like this one every week just for you head on over to fatforweightloss.com.au forward slash podcasts for the latest updates and all the show notes. Until next week.